Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin today in Santa Cruz, where health officials say they're preparing for a big surge in coronavirus cases. As KQED's Hannah Hageman explains, the county's chief doctor says it's only a matter of time. We're pretty much surrounded now, and um, the virus doesn't know county boundaries. That's Santa Cruz Health Officer Dr. Gail Newell, who says she's worried her county is headed in the wrong direction. After a few weeks lag, we will be joining our neighbors, I'm sure, in getting dialed back by the governor. Compared to the Bay Area and California at large, COVID-19 cases in Santa Cruz have been relatively low. But now... We are experiencing a large surge in cases. Newell thinks there's more than one reason why that's happening. When the governor reopened the state, we had a lot of visitors come into our county. All of the reopening summer weather and beach season has contributed to more spread of COVID. She says the beaches were partially closed until recently, when officials decided it was too hard to keep people away. People on the beaches just were less and less willing to be enforced, should I say, were not cooperative with law enforcement. Santa Cruz was one of the only regions in the state that did not shut down shorelines over the fourth weekend. For the California Report, I'm Hannah Hageman in Santa Cruz. Even in the middle of the pandemic and with large budget shortfalls, the state isn't taking its eye off of wildfire preparation. That was Governor Gavin Newsom's message when speaking yesterday alongside fire officials. KQED science reporter Danielle Venton has details. Governor Gavin Newsom stood in front of a new Firehawk helicopter at McClellan Air Force Base near Sacramento, reminding the public that the state faces a riskier-than-average fire year following a dry winter and a hot early summer. One thing we know is our approach to dealing with wildfires has to change and adapt with a climate that is changing very, very dramatically. The state is spending nearly $285 million on 12 new helicopters that can carry more water than current models. The budget also includes money for more fire-spotting cameras and nearly 900 additional firefighters for the season. California Office of Emergency Services Director Mark Gilarducci warned evacuations this year will be different. It may be that we uh, don't put you in a congregate shelter situation. We may be putting you into hotels. Any shelters that are set up will have temperature checks, mandatory masks, prepackaged meals, and room for social distancing. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. Californians who've lost their jobs during this pandemic have grown pretty familiar with the state's Employment Development Department, or EDD. The agency has been flooded with applications for unemployment benefits. The San Jose Mercury News reports two million claims filed since March still haven't been paid. 
Assemblyman David Chu of San Francisco has been documenting his experience trying to get help for constituents on Twitter using the hashtag EDDFailOfTheDay. We spoke earlier. We have had hundreds of constituents who have come to us in recent months uh, who have needed help interacting with EDD. And I'm sorry to say this, but unfortunately, we've just seen every day how EDD is absolutely failing Californians. Uh, People are suffering tremendously. We've had constituents who have gone without any benefits since March. Just heart-wrenching stories from constituents who have depleted their life savings, gone into extreme debt, uh, are having trouble figuring out how to put food on their table for their families as they're waiting for answers from EDD. What have you learned as you've gone through this process about what's up at EDD? Why can't they fix this problem? It's been months now, and this is their primary goal as an agency. Well, you know, we all appreciate that EDD is dealing with an unprecedented volume. I'm very sympathetic to that, but it has been nearly four months. And at some point, we've got to see some progress. People's lives are depending on it. There have been a number of issues that we have tried to highlight, uh, staffing, technology, bureaucratic culture. Uh, Suffice to say, these are challenges that EDD uh, has known about, not just during this time period, but known about since the Great Recession. Uh, They had promised Mm -hmm. a different aspects of their system and never got to it. And unfortunately, we're seeing the terrible consequences of that today. Yeah. Assemblyman, at what point did you decide to take your concerns and air them on Twitter, which isn't something we always see uh, people in your position do? No, I've been a public official for 12 years, and I've never been put to the point where I've had to Uh, put a department on blast like this. And it's difficult Mm -hmm. to say this as someone who generally believes in governments. This only came after countless conversations between my office and other legislative offices with ED staffers. We've offered suggestions, we've demanded solutions, but we received very little progress. And the straw on the camel's back for me was a few weeks ago, we were sent a memo from EDD told that we could only ask for one case a week to be expedited for review by EDD. It was amazingly tone deaf. It was just a classic example of bureaucratic arrogance. So we've been in recent days highlighting every day yet another hashtag EDD fail the day that showcases a very typical scenario facing our constituents in, in different ways. Well, Assemblyman David Chu, we thank you, and we hope you'll come back on the show soon to let us know how things are going. Thanks so much. And we reached out to EDD for comment. They tell us $41 billion have gone out to workers who have lost their jobs since the pandemic hit California, and they've processed 7.5 million claims, more than any other state. A programming note, a deputy director of EDD will take questions from the public on KQED's call-in program Forum this morning. Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, a not-for-profit offering earthquake insurance to help Californians protect their financial futures. For more information, visit earthquakeauthority.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org.
And that is the California Report for this July 10th, a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Katie McMurrin and Danny Bringer. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin, Alice Wolfley, and Holly J. McDeed. Welcome to Holly. It's our first week. Our intern is Nina Sparling, and our editor is Angela Corral. I'm Lily Jamali. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!